0: If you have your Bibles this morning, I need you to turn to the book of Ephesians as we continue our journey through this wonderful book. Last Sunday, we looked at a prayer. Apostle Paul gave us an introductory to his prayer, but we're going to pick up where we left off last Sunday morning. And this is a two-parter, okay? So you've got to get back here tonight. Uh, for two reasons. Well, actually three reasons. First reason is because you just ought to. Okay? You just ought to because it's the Lord's Day. Second of all, you're going to get a report from our, our campers at Children's Camp. And third, you're going to get the last part of this message. Now, In your uh, Bibles, you've turned to the third chapter. We're going to be picking up in verse 16, going through verse 17. Now, I entitled this morning's message, A Telescope Prayer. A Telescope Prayer. What do we mean by that? Well... You know a telescope, and a telescope has uh, three or four parts to it. And, you know, you pull one section, and then it leads into the next section, it leads into the next section, and then it leads into the next section. Now, the the further that you pull it out, uh, the better you can get something that seems to be far away to get closer, right? So here, Paul is giving us a telescope prayer. It's it's a number of parts to this prayer, but one flows right into the next part. And this morning we're going to see as he's praying, now he's praying to the church. He's praying to uh, church folks, okay? He's praying to those who've accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. So he's preaching to the church or praying for the church. And we're going to see, first of all, he prays for their power, he prays for th- their power or strength. And the second thing, and, and the power uh, goes right into the next one. Uh, he prays for their passion. Now, we're going to see tonight uh, He uh, that, uh, that power, that passion, now uh, it goes right into the purpose. What's the purpose of the prayer? So, If you have your Bibles, we're in verse number 16. This is what the Word of the Lord says. That He would grant you. He's praying for the church. He says, here's my prayer that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit. Oh, we've heard something about the Holy Spirit already this morning have we not he says that, that, that you would strengthen with might by his spirit in the inner man Amen. oh Amen. that ought to really perk you up Paul is praying for the inner man then he goes on and says in verse number 17 that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love. And so, by God's grace, these next few moments that we have together, we're going to look at a telescope prayer. Paul is praying for the church at Ephesus. This morning, we've already talked about last week, but uh, it should be heavy uh, on our minds that we are going into times and we are in those times where we got to be praying people. We just, there's no, it's not one of these things, I'll get around to it. It's not one of these things, uh, you know, it just kind of happens. We need to be intentional in our prayer life because the things that we're facing and are going to face, if we don't have the power uh, in us and we do not have the hand of God on us, we'll not be able to survive what's coming our way. And some of you are right there. Brother Travis has already alluded to the fact there's someone here that you are struggling. It seems like your boat is getting even more water in it. You feel like you're fixing the scene. You're, 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 you're here and you're thinking, God, I don't know what to do. My, my life is so uh, such a mess. And uh, my family is a mess. My marriage is a mess. Uh, uh, my work is not going well. And, and we're just about ready to say, what's the use? I'm going to throw the towel on and I'll just go ahead and, and, and just do what I think I ought to do. Uh, what's the use? Why do I need to bother? My dear friend, I'm telling you we need to understand you will be able to get through this, but you better have the power of God upon you. And we have to have the power of God when we have to ask for it. And so Paul is praying for the inner man. Now notice here, he's not praying for anything physical. Now there's nothing wrong with that. Now matter of fact, if I'm sick, I want you to pray for me. We have some folks that have uh, some uh, physical uh, uh, troubles and uh, some physical storms that have come their way. And uh, we need to be praying for them. I'm not saying not to pray for them. But notice here in this prayer, Paul is realizing what they're going to be going through and what they've already been facing, that they must have strength in their inner man. That's a good prayer for us to pray for one another, is it not? Not discounting to pray for their physical, but to pray for their inner man. That's what Paul does. So the first thing that we see, found in verse number 16, we have to have the power. Paul is praying that they will receive power and strength in their inner man. I want you to notice that word might. Very interesting word. It means an inherent power. A power that's already there. You understand this morning that if you've trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you know that you're saved and you've called upon His wonderful name by faith. You need to understand you already have the power in you, the Holy Spirit. When you got saved, the Holy Spirit came in and set up residence within you. And so he's praying here this morning, uh, and we need to be praying for the inner man. Strengthen the inner man. Not to be necessarily worried about the outward appearance, even though we pray for that. But Paul has come to understand that these people, that if they didn't have the strength from within, they're not going to have any strength in the outward And if you have the inner man strengthened and the power is working in your inner man, it will show outwardly. Okay? And so what does that mean? Well, first of all, it means some of us might have to go on a diet. Now, that really stirred you, didn't it? I have never heard of so many diets. We got the Weight Watchers. I hear them say... But can I eat this? I don't know. How many points is it? I like a scorecard, You know, like when you play golf, you keep score. Well, I think uh, those that are keeping their points are probably like those golfers. You're lying about what your score is. <laughs> now, I might not need to tell you this uh, uh, story, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you anyway. 911 gets a call. It's a woman. She's frantic. I mean, she is beside herself. And they said, ma'am, calm down. What's what's your emergency? She said, I believe I just killed my husband. And they said, well, why do you think that? She says, because I I did it. So, of course, first responders, everybody shows up. There she is out there in the front yard. She has a nine iron in her hand. Blood's dripping from it. And they're running in there. She says, ma'am, where, where, where... She said, he's in the kitchen. They go in there, sure enough, he's, he's gone. So they come out she says, ma'am, ma'am, could you tell us what happened? She said, we got in this... And I just kind of lost it. And she says, I hit him. I hit him with this club. Well, ma'am, how many times did you hit him? She said... Seven or eight, she said, put me down for four. (laughs) That's how golfers keep score, right? And you might be on the, you're counting your calls, I dare say, you're always not truthful, are you? There's all kinds of diets. I mean, we can go on and on and on. Well, we're not talking about that kind of diet, we're talking about a spiritual diet. We're talking about what are you feeding your inner man? See, we've come to realize that you either feed your flesh or you're going to be feeding your spirit. And whichever one you feed the most is the one that's going to be the strongest. Do you see where we're going with that? So Paul is praying. He says, I'm praying that uh, the Holy Spirit will come in among you and enable you in Acts chapter number 1, verse number 8. We all know it. It says that you will receive power when when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Well, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, I got good news for you this morning. The Holy Spirit has come to your temple because when you got saved, you got the Holy Spirit. And don't we also... in 2 Peter chapter 1 verse number 4 and when that took place the Bible says that you become a partaker of the divine nature your nature changed when you got saved And so he prays for their inner man. He's praying for the Holy Spirit. See, it's the Holy Spirit that will bring strength to you. In the book of Acts, and one of my favorite books is about the early church. And when you see, oh, well, I mean just miraculous things happening in the book of Acts. You you're seeing just supernatural things take place. You're seeing the the birth of the church and 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 people getting saved. And in that book, in the book of Acts, 59 times the Holy Spirit is made mention of. Do you see a connection here? The book of Acts, man, it was happening. They were blowing and going. People getting saved everywhere they turned. The, the, Paul and the others were turning that, that world upside down. Do you see, I don't think it's a coincidence, the emphasis on the Holy Spirit. Church, we need to understand this morning, if we're going to have power, we got to have the Holy Spirit. And when we have the Holy Spirit, we have to act upon that power that we already have. You're not asking for the power if you're saved. You already got it. The problem with us is that we're not utilizing what the Lord Jesus has already given to us. It's been said, it's a sad testimony, is it not? It's been said that if you could take the Holy Spirit out of the church, if you could do that, you can't. We know that. Once you get it, you got it. But if you could take the Holy Spirit out of the church... We would continue doing what we've been doing and most people would not even notice the difference. Is that not a sad testimony of the church of the living God today? Why is that? Not a lack of power. The, but the, of course, Scripture is quite clear. We already got the power. The problem with us is our diets. It's what we're feeding the inner man. Because the Bible says, what you, uh, you are what you eat. You heard that? I hate hearing that. Especially when I'm chomping down on a double cheeseburger with onion rings and a Diet Coke. Now, the Diet Coke <laughs> neutralizes everything else. Right? Just, I'm just saying, it's okay. Bal- it's a balanced diet. <laughs> Here, the problem with us is is that we don't have a balanced diet for the inner man. We're feeding the flesh way more than we're feeding the spirit. So here he goes and he says uh, that the Holy Spirit... And then he says, now notice, he says, according to his riches. Oh, this is where it gets good. According to His riches, the power that's in us was given to us according to His riches. Now, notice it doesn't say accord, or, or, or it doesn't say out of His riches. Vast difference. What we have in the Holy Spirit is not according, not out of His riches. It's according to His riches. Now, I'll go. If there was a billionaire. Now, Brother Terry would be an example for this. <laughs> Brother Terry's a billionaire. I just want y'all to know that. He's been, he's been hiding it pretty well, but he's filthy rich. I mean, he's hand over, fee. he's got so much money. <laughs> Brother Terry says, Hey, I want to give to this church. And so he writes a check. Now, he's a billionaire. He writes a check for $1,000. What is he doing? He's giving out of his riches. But say he gets convicted of that. He says, I'm going to write another check. Now, he's a billionaire. And so the next check that he writes is for $1 million. So next... Month when you look at the uh, the statement, the budget, and you'll see that wow, it's Terry. <laughs> so now he writes not out of his riches, but according to his riches. Right. Oh, this is good. good. What you have in the Lord Jesus Christ, what we have in the Holy Spirit, the power that we have within us is according to his riches. And the last time I checked, you can draw out of his bank account and you will never ever have to worry that you'll get a little note that says insufficient funds. My Lord Jesus, his riches are unlimited. And what we have in the Lord Jesus is unlimited. That means that we can go to Philippians 4.13. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Here's the problem with the church today is that we have not utilized the power that we have. Here, remember, the book of Ephesus is a book about wealth. And we need to understand, like Paul was trying to tell the church at Ephesus, he says, you've got everything you need. The power of God is in you. And you have an unlimited Uh, untapped resource and if you're wanting to see God move like you've never seen him move before you have to utilize and you have to act upon what you already have is there an amen in the house this morning and then we'll see uh, that not only uh, notice it's going to the inner man I want you to remind where you used to be maybe there's someone here this morning this describes you The Bible says that we were dead in trespasses in sin, right? That means that you were spiritually dead. When you did not have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you're dead. The inner man is dead. But the Bible goes and says that you were dead, past tense, But you have been quickened, which means you have new life. And that's exactly what someone here this morning needs... Your inner man is dead. What you need is a touch from the from the Holy God. Uh, you need to be convicted of your sin. You need to recognize that you're in need of a Savior. And you need to cry out to Him. You need to confess your sins. You need to repent your sins. And you need to say, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. And the Bible says, Whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right then. All the power of God and the Holy Spirit comes in you. You were dead. Now you're alive. Oh, what a miracle that is. And so if we understand the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives, the question for us now is, why are we not utilizing it? Now here's a side note. There's somebody here. You're saying, well, Brother Mike, I understand that and that's the reason I've come to church. I've tried everything else. Uh, and And maybe you're here and you've come because someone's invited you and you wanted to be courteous. Maybe you're here and you've come because they said, hey, if you come to church with me, I'll go ahead and I'll buy your lunch today. Maybe your intent was not that you were wanting to hear from God. Your intent was something else. Your motivation was somewhere else. But first of all, you need to understand, you're, you're not here by accident. Okay? Second of all, whatever your motive was, God can still speak to your heart. You may be sitting there and say, well, you, they don't understand what I've done. They don't, they, you don't understand, preacher, uh, how far I've gotten into sin. Preacher, you don't realize that last night I shot up Preacher, you don't understand. I, I'm, I'm trying to recover from a hangover from last night. Doesn't matter. The power of God can still speak to you and the power of God can change your heart and your life forever. Do you really believe that? I believe that. But here, watch this. There's someone here, you're regular in your church attendance, you read your Bible. You try to be good to people. You, you cuss seldom. I mean, you're trying to work on all of that. you you got a smile on your face. We, we can count on you coming through these doors. But you know in your heart that you're lost. And you know if you were to die today, you're going to bust hell wide open. But because of your pride, because of your status, you haven't yielded yourself and you have not called upon His name. Now what's the difference between the two? The one just comes in and he's trying to get through a hangover? Or the one's come and said, you don't understand what I did last night. I, I went home with somebody I've never met before. Here I am in church. Both are dead. Okay? You can't be deader than dead. You're only dead. Right? Doesn't doesn't matter, you know, if you die of a heart attack or you die in a car wreck. If you're dead, you're dead. Right? And so, whatever the case may be, the power of God can still work on you and work in you, but you have to do your part. And then what happens is when he comes in, he comes in forever. He sets up residence in you. Now, so here's the question for all of us. What could God do with us if every one of us would yield to God's will? What would this church be able to do in this community that's lost and dying and going to hell? If we, every one of us said, Lord Jesus, the power that's in me, I yield myself. I'll totally surrender to your Lordship. It doesn't matter if you're lost or saved. If every one of us yielded to what God would have us to do and what God's will is. By the way, if you're lost this morning, it is God's will for you to be saved. That's why he died. That's why he came. That's the reason why he shed his blood so that you could have life and have life ever more. So if every one of us, church, every one of us, said, "I surrender, I yield myself," you don't have to say, "I got to have more power." Though you got all the power that you need. Oh, I got to have a little bit more. Listen, the Lord Jesus doesn't have to keep on getting off the cr- and on off the cross what he did on Calvary was a complete deal. You don't need more power. He doesn't have to work on you any harder. All of us have come by the way of grace and by the way of the cross but what we need to do this morning is individually and corporately this morning make a commitment. Lord Jesus I totally commit myself to doing your will and God says I've been waiting to hear that and we don't have to wait and say okay where's my second and third blessing coming from because there are some that believe that's what happens to you but they need to read their Bible because the Bible is quite clear when you get saved you got everything you need to be able to do what God will for your life is. And so he prayed for their power. Now very quickly verse number 17 he prayed for their passion. Notice here he uses the word dwell. Interesting word. The word dwell means to be at home. He's he's praying for them. He says, Lord, I want you to feel at home in their inner man. Is the Holy Spirit at home with you today? Does he feel comfortable with you? See, when we ask him to dwell in us, what Paul is praying is, Lord, I just want them to have a deeper relationship with you. Can you say that? Can you say, Holy Spirit is welcomed in my inner man? Uh, There's a very interesting story here. And the story is about Abraham. We all know the story. Abraham is visited by the Lord and two angels. And so they show up his house. Now, Abraham had already been promised, but the Lord comes with two angels. And the Bible says, not only did they come visit him, but they had a meal with him. Now, I don't know about you, but that would would be pretty cool, would it not? You go home today, and you're sitting down for lunch. For some of you, you've you've gone and you've carried it from somewhere else and brought it home. Whatever the case may be, you're sitting down doorbell rings you go and there's the Lord and two angels would that not be cool to think that you could sit down and have lunch with the Lord and two angels that's what happened with Abraham but notice here a little later on Lot who we believe saved but he was not living right Y'all know where we're going with this, aren't you? And so the Bible says that the two angels went to see Lot, but the Lord didn't go with them. Why? Could it be that the Lord knew he would not feel at home with Lot like he felt at home with Abraham? Because Abraham was a man of faith and he was being obedient. Lot was a backslider. You see where we're going with this? So let me ask the question once again. Is the Holy Spirit at feel at home with you? Or is there something that has come into your house that would cause the Lord says, I'm not not forsaking them. Because, see, when you're saved, you're saved. He's not saying that I don't have a relationship, but he says we don't have a fellowship. There's somebody here that you need to have someone pray this prayer for you. Lord, I'll just pray that you would feel at home once again in their house. But then it goes on. And notice he says, root it. He says, I want Him to be rooted and grounded. Now, that word rooted, uh, is a a beautiful picture of it is in Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 and 3. Not going to read that. But in Psalms 1, it talks about a tree being planted by the water. And it talks about stability. It talks about uh, uh, nourishment. And it says, uh, uh, the man that is blessed is the one that has planted his tree by the water. His roots uh, go deep. That's what Paul was praying for the church there, that they would be rooted. In the Word of God, that they would be rooted in the Lord Jesus Christ and that they would receive nourishment. And what's the picture of the water? The picture of the water is where Lord Jesus says, if you drink of this water, you'll never thirst again. He called himself the living water. And so here he says his pray is that they would be rooted and they would be grounded. Now notice where we're rooted and grounded in. It says in... The love of God. That's when we know that we are doing what we ought to be doing. And that's when we know that the inner man has been strengthened because we've been rooted and grounded in the love of God. In Galatians chapter 5, verse number 22, it talks about the fruits of the Spirit. And the fruits of the Spirit, the very first fruit that's made mention of is love. You notice that in Galatians 5.22? Love, here again, telescope, love flows in to the rest of the fruits that are made mentioned there in Galatians 5.22. Love is the central theme. It's the cement that holds it all together. Okay? Now, watch this. And then he goes on and says, Joy. What is joy? Joy is love singing. When you have a joyful heart, you just can't help but singing, can you? When we come, uh, Brother Travis shouldn't have to pump us up to sing praises to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because if we have the joy of the Lord, it ought to naturally come out. Joy is love singing. But then he says peace. one of the fruits is peace. Peace is love resting. See, when you have the love of God and you're rooted in your granite and your inner man is, is, is strong, you're going to have peace that surpasses all understanding. Some of you are going through some stuff. And I've heard many of your testimonies. He said, I know things look bad. I I didn't like what the doctor said. It's not a good diagnosis. But I just want you to know, preacher, just a peace came over me. Uh, My dear friend, that helps you to understand that the Holy Spirit is in you and you're being rooted and grounded in the love of God. But then he goes on and says, long-suffering. Long-suffering is love enduring. Aren't you glad that the love of God keeps on keeping on? He never gives up. When we're not on the right track, He still loves us. When we mess up, He still loves us. And so love is uh, also kindness. Notice another fruit of the Spirit is kindness. Kindness is love's touch. When you're kind to someone, you're giving them a touch of love. Isn't that what we ought to be with a family of God here? We ought to be kind one to another. We ought to be touching each other with the love of Jesus. But not only for the family, but those outside the family. The ones that, we, that were, are dead in their trespasses. See, we need to go and they need a touch of love as well. They need to understand that somebody loves them. Somebody cares for them. But then he goes on and says, oh, not kindness, but he says, goodness. Goodness is love's character. Love's character. Faithfulness. Faithfulness is love's habit. See, when you have the love of God in you, it will cause you to be faithful. See, when we have the love of God, all of this, remember, it comes back to the power that He's prayed for them. It pray, uh, he now we're looking at the passion. We're, that passion is that we're acting upon the power that we've re- already received. And here's how I know I'm on the right track is because I'm granted in the love of God. That's going to help me to be faithful. You shouldn't have to come. And there's times when you need to encourage one another. I'm not saying that at all. But it ought to be a natural byproduct of us. I'm just going to be faithful. Why? Because He was faithful to me. I'm being faithful to this church. Why? Because He was faithful to me. I'm faithful to serve Him. Why? Because He was faithful to me. You don't have to, uh, you know, get me all pumped up. And there's times when we need that. I'm not saying that. We all kind of get down and out. I understand that. But I'm telling you, when we're rooted and when we're grounded and the power of the Holy Spirit that's already in us, faithfulness is going to show. But then we also see gentleness. Gentleness is love Forgiving when we 're gentle with someone we're going to have a forgiving spirit. I dare say that every one of us here can say i've been hurt somebody's hurt my feelings so somebody somebody said something to me and uh, it really just kind of messed me up and I, you know it was maybe it wasn't intentional maybe it, it was not intentional, but it just hurt my feelings. I hear people say, oh, Why you ain't why you ain't going to church? Well, somebody hurt my feelings. Well, I don't know about you, but I, my feelings have been hurt quite a number of times at Walmart. <laughs> that express lane where it says 20 items or less, and the person that's in front of you has two buggies, about $600 worth of groceries, and they're in the express lane. That kind of hurts my feelings. Or I went, and the product I was looking for, they hadn't uh, stocked the shelves yet. I mean, we all have had our feelings hurt. But you know what? We keep going back, don't we? Isn't it interesting that we'll use that as, uh, as an excuse not to come to church because somebody hurt my feelings? The last time I checked... And even though we ought to be kind and gentle, and I'm not discounting that. You don't need to be hateful to everybody. I'm not saying that. But I'm not coming for you. I'm not coming for anybody except my Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, is that not good enough for us? And here I know when I'm rooted and grounded, And the love of God is that the inner man has been strengthened. Watch this. And when the inner man has been strengthened, it will show in my outward actions. then the last one, self-control. That's love holding the reins. That's the one I had to work on quite a bit. Sometimes I just... I lose control. Or, worst yet, I feel like I have to be in control. That gets us in trouble a lot. But if I'm rooted and grounded in the love of God, and when I'll know and understand that everything I have to be able to overcome is within me, It helps me to understand now why Paul prayed a prayer for the inner man. Nothing wrong with praying for the physical. Nothing wrong with praying for a job. I'm not saying that at all. All I'm saying is Paul recognized the most important prayer that he could pray for those folks was a prayer for their inner man to utilize the power that they have and to be passionate of what they do have. You're here today. You've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. He wants you to be saved today. And the power of God can change your life and change it forevermore if I would be able to go around this room and ask for those to give testimony, a number of them would say, I'm where they're at today. I came to church, and I knew I needed a Savior. I knew I needed to be saved. But I thought and started thinking about what I've done. I thought nobody could forgive me of that. Oh, yes, there is. His name is Jesus. Jesus. He'll forgive you of your sins and wash you white as snow. You need to get saved today. Believers, let me ask you this question. Are you utilizing the power that's within? Have you totally yielded yourself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Church, we could turn this community upside down. Not because of who we are, but because of whose we are.